Welcome to Collaboration RA. This podcast is dedicated to our profession, allowing us to share who we are, what we bring to the field of radiology, and how we care for the patients we serve. We look forward to hearing from you. Find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. We appreciate you listening, and we're glad you're here. Now let's collaborate. Welcome to this episode of Collaboration RA. I'm your host, Reese, and of course, I have with me Marceline. Say hello. Hello. All right. So to our listeners this week, we have a very special episode for you. We have Nathan Smith joining us this evening. He is the owner and operator of N. Smith Consultants, as well as the CEO and co-founder of Imaging Diversified. He is joining us tonight from Georgia. He started his career in radiology back in 2008, graduating from Armstrong State University in Savannah, Georgia, which is now known as Georgia Southern University. He went on to get credentialed at MRI shortly after in 2009, and it was his passion for medical imaging as well as MRI that really sparked that fire, ultimately leading him in his career adventures with Imaging Diversified Nathan. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. How are you? Doing well. Thanks, you guys, for having me. So, Nathan, I know we got the short and sweet version there in the intro, but give us a little history on how you got into radiology and how you got to where you're currently at. Right. So my walk of life was a little bit different. I chose the business marketing management field, believe it or not, to start off with. I took a visit to Savannah to go actually to Savannah State. I was thinking of trying to find something to do. I was just straight out of high school, having fun, walked around, went to campus. I had my aunt that she stays in Savannah. She was there, advocated for me to go to Savannah State a long time ago. I was a kid that had the shirt on. And so I was like, I want to go here. When I went, they had something similar to like a fair, just showing you the programs that they had. So I said, I want to do something a little different. I want to make a difference. I want to be impactful. I applied to the school and core classes, thought like I could probably be a doctor. I was somewhat of a nerd in high school, just a little bit. So I was like, I love math and science and talked to the advisors. And I was really trying to find out my path. thought x-ray was cool. I had actually had an injury, believe it or not. I broke an ankle, broke a wrist different times. And I had got x-rays each time. And so that's the only time I ever was exposed to it. I was like, I want to be a doctor, but what type of doctor? And I was like, radiologist, that's what I want to do. I researched it. I looked into it. This is what I wanted to do. So I was, quote unquote, pre-med. We started out and I thought it would be cool to shoot x-rays on the weekend. If I go to medical school, I don't want to be broke. So while everybody else was just doing one track, I figured I double major. And so it really didn't get hard into the clinicals of x-ray where you have clinicals where you don't make any money. No one told me that. <laughs> you know, you go spend eight hours a day work for free, I would get back at five and I would take my night classes. I'm in there from like five to 10. I'm tired, but I got through it. During my last clinical rotation, I went to Armstrong State University. It was kind of one of those things where you had the main RT program, you had nuclear medicine program, you had radiation therapy. In the RT track, you got to pick between four, mammal, MRI, CT, I think it was CVIT that you could kind of choose to do or not to do. You had to do that for a semester, and I chose MRI. The hospital I went to, they liked me enough that they contacted my preceptor, 
And they offered me a job for when I graduated, which was really, really cool to come straight into it. And so that's how I got directly into the RT MRI space. They hired me, let me finish up the number of exams I had to get before I had to take the test. And I got right into it, doing MRI. Worked there for a while, then moved to Atlanta. I was scanning and working everywhere. Got trained on one machine and trained on another machine, trained on another machine. And then I started just working in that field and progressing in that field. And it's been great since. I've been in that field since. 15 years, I think, going. I don't know. I lost track. I don't, I don't even keep up with the number anymore. You know, as I was listening to you talk, whenever you were an x-ray student and they finished off your preceptorship, did they pay you like a student tech during that? Mine was very interesting. They paid me first, like minimum wage, I think under 10 bucks an hour. I can't remember the exact amount. When I passed my registry for just the x-ray part, they gave me a raise. And then when I passed for the MRI part, it gave me a raise to MRI. So that was really, really cool. And for me, you know, that's the most money I had made in my life to that point. I know whenever I went through the x-ray program, they would hire us on as student techs in the evenings or in the afternoons. So when I was done with clinicals, I would stay there three or four days a week. I don't know if they offer that anymore. I know that hospitals are usually one to extend that offer to students to come in as a student tech for student tech pay. They don't necessarily have to for each student, right? I'm wondering if there was a student wage on the table, right? Because if the hospital system is going to be saying, yeah, we're willing to take on two student techs for this year, do you think that might add a little bit more incentive to students during their clinical training? Definitely. The tricky part with students is that they can't work as a tech, right? So when I did my student tech role and I was getting paid to do it, you're in a limited capacity, kind of like an LMRT. It depends on where they're working. Do I think that, yes, they would show more initiative? Of course, when you're getting paid to do it, it's very different than when you're there for free. I'm not sure of the rules, but I'm sure they still have to have a licensed tech with them at all times. But there are certain x-ray exams, especially on the portable side of things. It's a lot of help to have an extra set of hands who know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody who knows what they're doing, knows the equipment, knows the position, then it might be nice to have a a student tech who would be more than willing to help. What you were saying about the doubling up, when I worked weekends, we were understaffed in comparison to the ratio of the day shift. We doubled up for almost all of our portables and things like that because you're right, that extra set of hands is huge. On the weekends, we were at 195 productivity. You could move much more efficiently. You could provide really good optimal care. I know whenever hospitals say don't double up, what Reese was explaining when you take that student tech with you, it can actually be really beneficial to the hospitals. I was a radiology director at a place and we had it where rotating through, you have the students, you hire them and then wait for them to take that test, kind of like as a student tech, they'll have their set date to take and pass the registry. So, Nate, I know that you have a little bit of a different background than what most people do. Kind of explain what Imaging Diversified is, and then also, how'd you come up with the concept, and how did you get the inspiration to follow through with it? Working in MRI, I learned a lot of the different systems, and I learned them to a point where I could teach new techs coming in. I could help do the ACR accreditation. And I learned how to build the protocols and tweak and adjust and change them and things of that nature. 
The first time I worked somewhere and we got applications from a new machine, we had the trainer come in from the OEM. I felt like we didn't have all the protocols we needed to basically the next day, if we had a full patient load, just we weren't ready to go. We didn't learn how to do everything. And that was a four day applications. That's like four, eight hour days. And you think like, well, you should pretty much have everything you need in that time and be ready to rock and roll. And we weren't. Me and I think one other tech, we kind of did it on our own. We went through and we built applications and built the protocols and got it to where it needed to be. That happened again. And then it happened a third time. And so after that, it was kind of one of those things, you know, like, hey, Nick, you know, we have apps. Can you come fix them? And I worked for that company. I just got paid my regular salary to come do it. My wife, I always give her credit. She'll probably always love this because she is the one that said, why don't you just do it yourself? Like, if they are always going to call you to come fix it and you don't like what they're doing, why don't you just go do it? You know, most men, we don't listen to our wives all the time or give them credit for the ideas that we get. But I would give kudos to all women out there. You know, every great guy, it's a young lady behind them giving them all the ideas, right? She pushed me to think about it. And I said, okay. And what I did is the first company was called N. Smith Consultants, just my name. Told one of my colleagues that he did it on the side. I said, hey, man, listen, I'm interested. I'm already doing it. So just let the next group or whoever come around doing it that, hey, if they need some help training someone else and building some protocols, I'll go do it. And so I was a little scared the very first time. I went out, I did it. And once I sat down, I just had to just take a moment and say, Nate, just be Nate. Do what you normally do if it was a brand new tech, someone that just came in, was like, this is their system. They never seen it before. Do the same thing. So I did that. They got good reviews back from you. They actually liked what you did and you did good. I don't know what you did. And I'm thinking like, all I did was what I would do if they were working with me. If they came to a staff and I was working there, like, hey, man, let me show you how to work this scanner. Let me show you where it goes what and how to run this scan. This is what the radiologists like to see. That's all I did. Then I did it again, did it again, did it again. And I found like, okay, hold on. These requests coming in, I would do them on time. So it got to a point where, you know, I reached out to who was my partner in the company. I reached out to him. I had a cousin at the time that said, hey, Nate, you need to really do something, get a website. So we all sat down, had a meeting. I gave them the idea of what I wanted to do. I told them, like, I want this to be global one day. I really, really, really want to advance the education in our field completely. And I want to offer some type of support to every imaging professional out there. Because what I was finding is I will go do a training and someone 20 years in and literally didn't know some of the things I felt like we probably would learn in the first year. And it wasn't to them. They weren't given the opportunity to get Mm -hmm. the extra training. And they never got the chance to learn anything other than what was in front of them or couldn't answer the question so they could never learn. So Imaging Diversified was formed. We launched January 2020. You know what happened right after that? You know, I was working pretty much full time and thank God for my team because they did a lot of the work. And every once in a while, if I could, I would take off. I would take some PTO time off. And to this day, and we still do, is people that were doing apps, that retired from doing apps or anything, we just told them like, hey, let's come on the same umbrella so we can help each other. But I didn't want it to be, and I still don't to this day want it to be a competition. What I really want to do is create something where the people that need the help can get the help. The whole concept of Image Diversify is to create a training and support company for all advanced imaging. That's MRI, CT, PET CT. And we're starting, we're getting asked for ultrasound. We're getting asked sometimes for 
x-ray, DR rooms, different things. So as they come, we will start to build out those teams for it. We talk to OEMs and if they need help, we'll back them up as well. We're actually helping them. And so that's the concept. That's what brought it on. And that's to this day what's driving me to keep going and keep pushing. Thank God for my partner, John. Man, he's saving grace because he does a lot of the work too. He handles our corporate accounts, things like that, working with the OEMs. And we're, we're going to continue to grow it out. Constantly, we got to add on LinkedIn right now. If MRI, CT, if you are experienced, you've been in the field, you know more advanced knowledge. You may be working with that same system for 20 years, but you know everything it is to know about that system. Well, guess what? That person doing it 20 years, you learn from trial and error. Patients that can't move, patients that you had to figure it out, come up with something else. You ran into issues on a scanner that they probably never seen before. Those are the people I really want because I want the people that can talk directly to the RT. They know your struggle. They know what you're going through. That's what I want. And at the end of the day, five years from now, I hope to have it where we're global, moving into other countries. We'll be doing the exact same thing, offering the support there, offering the training there as well. We got teams set up in different countries right now, getting ready to, to mobilize. We need more people. We need more people that are passionate about teaching, passionate about like progressing the profession and that have some free time. They don't have to be without a job. They can work part-time, full-time. It doesn't matter. And if you can share your expertise on someone else, on something that you've done, that is very easy to do for most people. And so that's what I'm really, really looking for. And that's what we want. Then, you know, it's the business to it too. And I started thinking like, you know, Nate, we got to get to the people that aren't going to pay for this training. But, you know, we got mm-hmm. rural hospitals, we got places that just aren't going to pay for it. So now we open it where we're allowing people to sponsor the training. This speaks to a lot of service companies, a lot of radiologist groups too. We talked to a radiologist group what it allows for is them to sponsor the training, the cost of the training, us to literally say like, hey, this is who sponsored us to be here, that you guys give me free training. They're the ones responsible. So if you ever need something, here's their information. Do something that's impactful. Do something that's meaningful. So as we look at our education, and of course, now we've got social media, times have changed. We have evolved as a culture. As you look back at all of that and trying to look at the different avenues and gaining support and utilization of our skills, what are some ways that you would like to see us tap into this industry? And when I say us, seasoned technologist or new technologist, management, whoever it is within the radiology realm. It's funny that social media has changed so much while we've been in the profession. Think about what we had in the beginning was Facebook. I think that was about it. I graduated back in like 08. Now you have the Snapchats, the TikToks, the Twitter. But what I don't see, I feel like is enough advocacy by just the everyday regular RT. Now, granted, HIPAA, we're in healthcare. But what I would like to see more of is even, even on the podcast, even things of this nature is more things that resonate to the younger culture. What are the high schoolers that before they go to college, where are they at? We got to mm-hmm. get them interested about it. You know, you ask any kid that's three to 16 right now, they know about firemen, policemen, nurses, doctors. Mm-hmm. They know about all these cool, quick, get rich rapping and singers and stuff like that. 
But when you come down to the other professions, like ours, like the RTs, I don't see us on those enough. And we were talking about Atlanta Society, ASRT, Atlanta Society, and things of that. And I told them, I want to help and get our presence, our visibility. And this literally was a day ago. I said, I don't think we're visible enough. I worked with RTs in the state of Georgia. They've been RTs for over 15 years, 20 years. They never knew we had a Georgia society or they had no clue, not one. Almost every single one I asked, full transparency, learned of it myself about two, three years ago. And I'm thinking like, okay, why didn't I know about this when I was in my school, in the program? Why am I not seeing this on anything? And so what I think we have to do more is just get smarter about using it. Now, mm-hmm. me, you, Reese, everybody's on their phone. They're on some form of social media. And what's not coming up is something in our field. And it's the education part of it, what's new in the field, things like that. They're out there, but it seems like they stay in like this corner of the social space, this little corner. It doesn't hit where I feel like 95% of the people that we need to see are. I'm speaking toward our younger generation. I think that's where it is. And that's why I really want to see us. We're right now working. I have someone on my team right now and her job is just going through finding every single x-ray program, any program that supports radiography in the U.S. So the next step after that is to reach out to all of them, see if we can speak, see, are you guys involved in high schools? If not, I'll go. You don't even have to pay me. I just tell me where it is. And if it's too far for me, somewhere in our group, somewhere connected to us, we'll say, hey, listen, you guys are in Texas. Do you mind going to this high school to have something just to speak about programs, just tell them something, just 30 minutes at your time? Nine out of 10, we probably would say yes, right? Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's get on their level. Have somewhere that they can find you on social media. Because right now, if you ask them the younger crowd, they'll walk up, they don't ask for phone numbers no more. They'll say, hey, what's your Instagram? This is a whole new world out here. And so I think we have to stay ahead of the times if we want to stay present and keep advancing our profession. Getting education out, we just got to do more of that. We have a TikTok account. I just don't know how to use it because I'm old. <laughs> but we do have one. One thing I wanted to ask you, in the Atlanta Society meeting that you just went to, you got to meet Dave Hardwick, SRPE president, very dear friend of mine and Reese's. Kind of explain to me what that experience was for you and just anything that you want our listeners to know about attending these state societies meetings. Definitely. This one was very intimate. It's the Atlanta Society for Radiology Technology. So for the Atlanta area, GSRT, they're partnered really closely, which is Georgia Society. They have meetings usually once a year for the GSRT and then the ASRT. The GSRT one is coming up in April and it'll be in St. Simons Island. But if you know, you're in Georgia or anywhere in Georgia, join them. They're very inexpensive. I think it's like 25 bucks for membership a year. It's really inexpensive. Dave Hardwick, it was very interesting to see him come up and speak because honestly, I haven't had or been anywhere for RA to speak since I was in my program in 2008. His topic was advocacy, talking about advancing the profession, educating the profession, just educating radiologists, educating them to what you guys do which I think is very, very important and would help them tremendously if they took advantage of it. Plus, you know, he has a great beard, by the way. Dave, I was kind of <laughs> jealous of the beard. 
But he spoke about Marka and he spoke about how the reimbursement and these are things you know, I'm learning more and more and more about. And he spoke more in depth about it, where, you know, being able to reimburse for what the RAs do. The easiest way for me not being an RA to tell someone what it is, is think about a PA for a doctor. And you think about an RA, but they're specified to know exactly what to do in a radiology field. I don't get it. Like, you know, they will hire a PA or MP quicker than RA. And I don't know if that is due to them just not being educated or the availability. I don't know. But I feel like those kind of talks that he did, I feel like I need to bring him and you guys to more places. I might need to share my booth at some of these conferences with you guys just so you can set up shop just right beside me and just say, <laughs> you know, what is an RA? And just sit it right there just to let them know, like, hey, this is what it is. These kind of conferences, I think, are very important for the people in the state. Like, you're in this state. They'll be doing things. They'll talk about what's going on at the Senate, you know, bills that are being passed, things of that nature. Get the CE credits as well. Really short, have four CE credits. You had a couple speakers in there just talking about different topics. It's important because you meet some of the people. And I think, again, we had some students that were in there as well. We just need more people to be involved. It's just more. Mm -hmm. Out of all the number of technologists registered in the state of Georgia or that are in Atlanta, we had a room, a classroom full of size, and it should have been packed. You know, it just speaks to us again, being visible and letting people know these societies are there, they're for your benefit, and you can learn something you probably didn't know. We got to reach the students before they even decide to come into the program to get them really you know, interested and excited about becoming an MRI or CT or X-ray or RA because they don't know about it. Like, I didn't know about it. I talked about mine. I, I just kind of stumbled upon it. I love it. But a lot of people don't come out of high school like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go be an RT. I'm going to go be an MRI tech. Do that. So I learned about it in the newspaper. I had an injury. I rolled a four-wheeler. ATV accident. Level one trauma. That was me. I couldn't move my, my legs. I couldn't walk. My mom had to physically drag me to the car, rolled me into the back seat, and drove me to the hospital. And my mom is an A&P professor at the collegiate level. And we go to the hospital in our adjacent town. And a lot of the nurses and techs in the hospital are students or previous students she's had. And so they got me in the, in the door pretty quick. I had swelling, focal swelling about this big around on my lower back, about the L5-S1 area. It was sticking out of my back about six inches. But he couldn't determine if it was spinal fluid or blood. And so they roll me into the donut of truth and I get some IV contrast. I was a freshman in college. I get the CT scan done and they realize it's just a hematoma causing compression on my lower extremities and it will go away. So I had to deal with that until the swelling went down and then I could walk again. You owe your mom a lot of gifts for Mother's Day. Yeah. A lot. You scared the crap out of her. I'm glad you're okay, man. I'm glad it wasn't yeah. more serious than you know what it was. That's kind of my introduction to radiology is I had some IV contrast, got a CAT scan done. It was cool. And I think I'll go with x-rays. So now, Nate, with imaging diversified, obviously you need to have that social platform aspect right. to that company. What are some of the platforms you utilize to broaden your spectrum here? LinkedIn is the number one platform for Image Diversify. And the reason it is, is our number one customer base is the vendor. It's a service provider. And we work with a lot of third-party vendors. 
and what I was talking about even before the need of just social media and us getting in front of people, I want to get it to where we're out there so other colleagues can just find us without having to go through that step. You know, this may need some on-site refreshers or something, but I want to get in front of them. So now I think utilizing like YouTube for just posting videos, I think I probably didn't talk about that, but I think that's helpful. Just short videos. Uh, my son, you know, he's 11. He's on YouTube more than anything else. And I found that interesting. So I'm like, okay, well, let me let me pay attention. The younger generation is going to be on something else. So we we definitely were trying to do a push to be everywhere and just being multifaceted faceted and just universal, whatever they can find us. I think that's why Snapchat and TikTok have become so successful is because they are primarily a visual representation of social media. There is an audio component to it with the visual aspect. Snapchat and Twitter are primarily an audio visual type. And so with the success of that, especially in the younger generation who has been raised on pure internet connection, I'm saying this on a purely audio podcast. I get the irony of it. But it seems to me like there is great success in adding a video representation to your social media aspect. And we've started doing that here on Collaboration RA. Uh, We've started adding some video teasers to what we're talking about. From what we've seen so far, there's been a great uptick in interest and people actually watching of what we're posting. So that's very, very encouraging for us to keep doing more of that. Or is here, here's a QR code you can scan. It can take you to a video. Like these are things that you can implement, right? We just actually redid our entire website. That launched uh, about five days ago. Yeah, imagediversified.com. So you go look at that. If you looked at it before that, it looked totally different. And so exactly what you're saying, we're trying to figure out ways. And I'm working with a guy by the name of Sean Strickler. He is the president of GSRT currently. And so, you know, he had the vision too, the same thing. It's kind of like, hey, let's, let's help get some of those things that they can hit, come straight to it, and get straight to some videos that can help people find solutions really quick. So we have something that we do and give all people pre-training. That's streamlined but it's not video, you know, it's pre-training kind of what to expect, what we're going to do, what we're going to go through. But I think that is the key because in the society we live in now is like, no, let me just watch a quick video on that. Let me click something. Yep. Three minutes. That's how you do it. Cool. Thanks. Got it. We want to give them what they need, give them what they want. Right. Well, our culture is very shifted into what's easiest, what's fastest. Everything's at their fingertips now. And if you can't meet that demand, forget it. You know, Reese and I were talking today, that 7.30 a.m. phone call was about putting out a newsletter to state-specific to RTs just within that state and meet them on that quick component level where they're at without having to read about the other states. The ASRT has that action page. It is phenomenal. All you do is just highlight your state and it tells you the bills that are related to radiology and you can track it in real time. But at the same time, also being able to get the RTs in their states that are currently not active, if we can just get that foot in the door and say, hey, this is what, what is happening, the more you become active, the more you take pride in your profession. The more you take pride in your profession, the more you become involved. We know it's going to be a lot of work on top of what we're both doing full-time jobs and doing the podcast full-time. So we'll see how we do. But I think it's just getting there, meeting them with it at their fingertips 
and then leaving it to be up to them whether they want to be a part of that. But giving them the direct utilization that if you want to, here's who you contact. I like that. I think it's helpful. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful. Something I didn't have back in 2000 when I was in school. Definitely didn't. So Nate, obviously this is going to be tailored toward MRI, but what are some of the advancements that have come into play during your career? And then how does that affect the day-to-day efficiency of the department? Oh, since we've been in the field, myself coming in at 08, and it's been, what, 2023 now, man, we've had software updates through every vendor because they're competing. For instance, I remember doing a gallbladder MRCP. I remember not being able to do a pretty much a 3D imaging through it. You had to do it kind of in cuts and have it rotated manually. You had to rotate it. Now today, totally different. Well, you don't even have to have the patient hold their breath. It just scans off of respiratory triggering. Like just breathe normal, scans, beautiful. The technology now for scanning without giving contrast and other things where you can just not have to get a contrast, reformat, look at the vessels, they're going basically off the spins, basically the blood flow and just imaging blood flow. And it's almost as good as giving contrast. So we're getting to that point now, the scan times are shorter, but the image quality is better. It's not even an inverse relationship anymore where you used to sacrifice one for the other. It's now getting to the point where your scan isn't going to take 45 minutes. Your scan time is going to be 10, 15 minutes or even shorter. And then the image quality that the radiologists are getting from these studies are just phenomenal. And of course, CT as well is is changing. You have 16 slice scanners back in the day. We had 64, 128. I mean, we're we're getting up there now with the technology is advancing so much. And of course, with MRI, the TELSA strength is going up and you're getting all these, these different things that are advancing and getting quicker and faster. Now, the people are getting them are usually metros, right? And the organizations that have the money. I would love to see is that we can advance all of radiology together. We're leaving some in the dust because they just don't have the money, right, to advance. Mm -hmm. And there's other ways to get them there. I want to see where we can have X-ray and CT, MRI, and some of the other modalities be able to use their older equipment, get the upgrades that they possibly didn't think they could get because they think it's too expensive. It's not as expensive as they think, but you still can get the performance. Then I really want them to get all the options. So a lot of the older scanners, that's where my company comes in too. We find ways to make them bad boys perform at top shape. We see people replace the ones that may not be as old as some of the other ones that need to be replaced and they just need to be tweaked like parameters and training and things of that nature so they can get some of this optimal image quality. You know, we're progressing. So radiologists want to see certain things. There's so much technology now in our field that you can find solutions and they're out there. But yeah, that's what I would probably say to the profession and say what what we got going on and what they should do. Yeah. And I know the equipment Sometimes it's got to follow the insurance companies for reimbursement. I know as, as someone who saw the tail end of film and, yeah. and darkroom processing and going jumping into CR imaging, and now I'm pretty sure we're all back into DR imaging. That was all pushed forward through reimbursement. The reimbursement rate said, essentially, if you're using film, you're not going to get reimbursed at all. 
you got to upgrade to CR. Yep. And then after a certain time frame, they said, okay, yeah, you can still use it, but you're going to get reimbursed eh, this much. Unless you move to DR, then you get full reimbursement. So that kind of pushed progress through. I did want to ask you this, if this is on your radar, because it's come up on mine. Have you ever heard of the implementation of multiple scanners being run by TAs where they scan the patient, make sure they're appropriate for MR, they position the patient, load them up, ready to go, but there is one MR tech working at Command Central and they could be running four, five, six scanners. I don't know the number. A lot of MR scanners have auto. Once the sequence is done, it goes up to the next one that's been set up. As long as it's set on autopilot, plug and play, let's go. How does it make you feel? I'll be totally honest. At very, very, very first, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I thought of it like I personally could sit at home and scan patients, right? Then thinking about it, I was like, if I'm not there though, safety-wise, you know, I trust myself. And as my patient, I know like my screening process. I'm like, can I trust someone else to do the screening like I would do the screening? So then I was thinking like, hmm, how much would it pay though? If I do this, Am I taking four text jobs? Like you said, it's auto thing. So once I get it set up and everything's good, and long as they didn't move, I'm checking the pictures. So it's a couple of considerations there, right? It definitely helps when we're in the great migration of technologists and we don't have the text that we need. And the staffing agencies are charging, you know, these hospitals outrageous amounts of money because honestly, it's a need there and they have to pay to get the tech there. That's just the way it is we'll see an influx of more TAs, probably more RTs where they'll be working somewhere and they'll have to go get it set up. I think we're we're moving in that direction. Since we are moving in that direction, I think we have to be ahead of the game for safety. I think we got to start working together, figure out some strict guidelines to go in place or even ACR with their accreditation. Okay, if you do this and this is what has to be checked and balanced and safety concerns that happen that probably shouldn't happen or something went down a system that didn't happen to where someone gets a gun in the room or someone, you know, brings something, a projectile in the room that shouldn't happen or shouldn't be there where something in the system wasn't followed, the checks and balances. So you take the person that went to school with all these years and went to school for the safety part, whether it be radiation safety, MRI safety, nuclear medicine, like isotope safety, whatever it is, safety, you take them out of it. And you put an owner or manager in place that just really wants to save money and put them in place and just hire someone remote. Let's be honest, if you hire me remote, I'm definitely signing where I have zero liability for some place in Nevada or some place in California and I'm in Georgia scanning. I don't have any liability for anyone. All I'm going to be responsible for is scanning what's in front of me on the screen. And that's it. So I think we have to really, really, really be careful and definitely get in front of it. Yeah, I follow Tobias and I watch what he says. Pretty interesting. We've pretty much hit everything just in general. I love the conversation style. I think you're off topic or on topic. And I love you. You got the name collaboration. Any way you can collaborate to grow the visibility of what we do and make it so that people can find information, kind of know where to look for the information. I think it helps. You know, I look for you guys. I think, honestly, to this year would be great just to have like snippets of Dave, you know, what he talked about. They didn't film any of that. Just film it, hmm. put it on something. You know what I mean? Just start putting it out there. 
you guys, me, all of us, I think, you know, the next step is to get get some articles written. The more least known something is, the more you have to have it out there. All right, Nate. Well, I wanted to say thank you for coming on with us. We loved getting to have this conversation with you, getting to learn who you are, learning more about application specialists and learning about imaging diversified. Really think it's neat what you're doing. I really commend you for going out, taking your passion and really following it, especially when a pandemic hit and it would be easy to just say, you know what, maybe at a later time. Thank you for encouraging our listeners to find their passion and to follow it no matter the circumstances. I think that's amazing. And thank you so much for sharing with our departments how they can maybe update the imaging equipment that they currently have and also get the best image quality, which is extremely important when we're treating our patients. Thank you for coming on and visiting with me and Reese. We had a great time. Anything else that you want to add before we close up? Thank you guys for doing this. Thank you for being an advocate for the space. Continue to share, continue to to have people on, continue to educate the profession. You can find me and the company at www.imagingdiversified.com. I have my nsmithconsultants.com, it's www.nsmithconsultants.com. That company is to help businesses in radiology. So business owners, we try to help them when they're starting out. We help them from the beginning all the way through to their first scan. And so that's something that a lot of people don't know that's out there that we do. And we also kind of help them fix some stuff. Like if they're not functioning correctly or they need some help, write some policies and procedures. You can find me on LinkedIn, Nathan Smith. That's about it. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been awesome. Yes, you're a jack of all traits. Reese, anything you want to add? I am definitely encouraged. We appreciate you coming on and saying your part. And uh, I hope you got a whole lot of, out of it because we definitely had a lot of fun visiting with you tonight. It's been great. We did. Reese, I want to say thank you for coming on and doing another show with me for 2023. We got a couple of more in the books that are still to come. And we face a lot of challenges with life and changing schedules, And but we get through it together. And so thank you so much for being a part of the team with me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. You guys be sure to check out our website, www.collaborationra.com. We've done some updates to it. We actually are looking at adding that feature for the newsletter. We already have it kind of up and running. Like we said, it's a no commitment. It's just being able to have the information at your fingertips, state specific. So thank you guys for coming on and we'll see you guys next week. Ta-da. Oh, wait. It sounded good. I love it. That was great, man. That was cool, guys. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Collaboration RA. Remember to find us on our website at www.collaborationra.com. There you'll find our social media accounts. Give us a like and give us a share. We look forward to your support and thank you for tuning in.